Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. 40-some years that I've walked with the Lord, and I have learned a number of things, and I've learned some things really well, and other things that I've never really learned. And there's some things that we will never really learn. We walk in it at moments and times, and it seems as we walk in it, we sometimes get reminded of it, and then the next thing is, even if we get reminded of it, it doesn't it doesn't perceive in our heart. And we walk and we just kind of like somebody is telling us something and we're not hearing it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've found life to be that way. I can have an instruction booklet in front of me, but there's times when I cannot perceive what is written in it. And I believe it has to do with the times and seasons we walk through. So I would like to start out giving you the title of the, the message. I often do not speak much at all about, and don't name the name Satan. Very seldom that I do, I call him the enemy. Uh, but today I will use that word, Satan. Um, I, will, I do not do it to respect him or honor him in any way, but I do respect that he has more power than I have. But in Jesus Christ, I have more power than what he has, and so do you. I do understand that. I have also been dealing with in deliverances for many years that I've walked with people of, I can tell you so many stories. I have also noticed that there's times when you can stick, uh, poke a stick into, into the nests of a bee, a beehive, and the bees are all over you. And there's ways that you can deal with a beehive without them coming out after you. And I've found that also in the kingdom of darkness, it works very much the same way. There's people that are so... Uh, so swift to speak about uh, Satan. They call him the old and they give a name for him and they call him names. All they're doing is getting a stick and putting it into the hive of his presence. And they will have a lot of problems. I've noticed that, I've observed that, and I have experienced that in the early years of my uh, Christian experience when I dealt a lot with those types of things. So I have learned there are certain things that you do, certain things that you don't. One of the things is I will not talk very much about and use his name. I call him the enemy, the enemy of my soul, the enemy to the kingdom of God, but to use his name directly, I, I, I'm, I'm very cautious for it. And I have numerous reasons for that beyond what I have even told you. I would like to repeat something that a U.S. general once said. He said like this, he was an army general, he said, war is a human endeavor. We equip the man, we don't man the equipment. And it's something that I think we need to understand. We often think is the equipment is made, we put a man on it, and now the equipment, and it's all about the equipment. No. We equip the man, we don't man the equipment. And when you get that mixed around in the kingdom of darkness, you're going to have problems. You're going to be listening to wrong voices. And today, the title of the message is Discerning the Voice of the Enemy. Now, I understand that we could 
look at the dollar bill and say that the way a bank identifies whether it's a fake dollar bill or not is they don't give you a lot of, uh, don't spend a lot of time how to identify a false or a fake dollar bill. They will just let you see the real one. And after you're really familiar with one that is not fake, you will detect the fake very quickly. I could say that it is not necessarily that way in the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. There is a big difference between that. So, in essence, what I basically just repeated what that general said is, if we don't fight, we lose. In the kingdom of darkness, in the kingdom that we live in, it is a requirement for us to fight. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. There's places where it's, the Bible is very clear on how to withstand the enemy. It is done through faith. We fight the fight of faith. We are to fight. And if you do not use faith to fight, you will soon be defeated. And to explain some of this, how it all works, I will hope you'll have a little bit of a better understanding by the time we're through with the message. I believe the things that I will be speaking about today are very personal. There are things that you can benefit from if you receive it. And if you remember some things, I believe it can, it can really help you. Because what often happens is the words that are spoken that Satan speaks does not necessarily come from the President of the United States, perhaps so at times, but it doesn't affect me as an individual as much. Nor does it come from governments as a whole, not in the United States, perhaps some other governments, but it often comes from a fellow brother or a fellow sister, if I can call it that way. That is often where Satan speaks from. Now, when I say that, this makes you go like this. Well, I noticed that the person that Jesus used more than anyone else in his day was a man by the name of Peter. And the day came when he had to rebuke him because he spoke the words of Satan. The one that he used the most spoke the words of Satan. So I don't know that he necessarily rebuked Herod or some of the other rulers. He didn't necessarily rebuke them, but he did his own disciple. And the one that I would consider, and most people would consider being the number one key disciple, at one point spoke the word, wrong word and Jesus had to rebuke him. Now, I will get into that a little bit more to give an understanding how that Jesus had to rebuke him and why he did and so forth. Before we go in that, I will turn to Daniel chapter 7 and start in verse 21. Now, I'm leaving a lot out by taking some of these verses, but I do understand uh, I want to get through the message, but I will show you some things and then we'll continue down through. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 21, it says, And I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints. Now, I'm saying the context of this uh, uh, verse, I'm not necessarily revealing to you simply because of time. And it says, He made war with the saints and he prevailed against them. Saints means sanctified ones. The word saint means to sanctify or to sanctify. So he's speaking about those that were truly saints of God. And it looks like Satan prevailed against them. 
meaning he overcame them to a certain part, a certain portion, to a certain degree, he overcame. Now in verse 25, it says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the, the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and a dividing of time. Now I'll go back and we'll explain a little bit here. Notice, he will make war with the saints. There's a declaration that the enemy has, and that is war against the saints. Now, you might say this, that this really doesn't affect you that much. But may I say this way, what I said to begin with, if you do not fight, you will lose. In this Christian experience, in this Christian life, being of the saints of the household of God, there is one requirement that is required of us if we want to win, and that is we have to fight. We cannot sit back and just think that it'll all pass by. We have been asked to fight, and we've been asked to fight a really good fight. Not a small fight, not a defeated fight, but a good fight. A good fight, and it's done by faith. Now, how we understand faith is something I will get to in a little bit. We look back again to verse 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and wear out. Now, I look into Hebrew here, and the word wear out means this. This is what it says in Strong's, in a mental sense. He will try and he will work out, try to wear us down mentally. That means the attacks that the enemy Satan will have against the saints is a psychological warfare. It is something that will deal not so much with your heart, but it will deal with your mind. It will work in your head. It will work in your thinking. It will be something to make you weary. Something that you want to throw your hands up. Something that makes you tired. Something that makes you question, is it really worth it? It's this kind of ammunition and strategy that he will use against the saints. And he will prevail, it says in Daniel, at least to a certain part. So we notice, number one, that we as Christians have one requirement, that we are to fight a good fight and put up a fight. Don't let, let Satan just run all over you. Don't let him bombard you with all kinds of discouragement. You have to stand up and you have to fight back, is what it's saying. And it's done by faith. Now, let's look on here. It, said, it says, the saints of the Most High, and he will also think to change times and laws. And I believe that has to do with weather patterns as what we're seeing. They're saying it's global warming. It's not. I believe it's the enemy, and I believe it's the end time. You say that God is always in control of the weather. Why then did Jesus have to rebuke the winds on the Sea of Galilee? I believe that's quite obvious. So let's look at some other things. How do you tire a saint? What is it? How would I go about or how would the enemy or could he go about to make your, you tired? Concerning hope, psychological warfare, concerning hope, concerning faith, concerning love, concerning grace, 
concerning those beautiful words that we have the fruits of the Spirit that we know about, how would he go about somehow robbing that or tiring us out to where we question that or to keep us from walking in that? How would he go about doing that? I believe one of the things that he would use the most, and I know that this is common thinking, is I I would do it through somebody that it's not expected of. When you know the, the world is out there and we know they're vicious and all that, but it's expected. But when it comes from a brother or a sister, we don't expect it. And so this is, I believe, why he used Peter to get to Jesus. He used his, if I can call it, his number one disciple. And he tried to get to him that the cross was really not that important to him. After Jesus just got done telling and saying that the Son of Man must die, he must suffer, and he must die, and then he will resurrect again the third day. Jesus didn't say this. Now, I'm the Son of Man, I'm the Son of God, and I will be doing this. I will be going to the cross, and I will die, and three days I'll come back and I'll meet you again. He said, the Son of Man, so that they had to engage in believing by faith. I still believe that they were at question at times that whether Jesus was truly the Messiah. It's quite obvious that they were tempted with that issue. Well, would the Messiah do this? But would he? Well, yes, we believe, but now I'm in question. But I do believe. Well, but I'm not sure now. I believe these were the bombardments that were coming against the disciples at times. That's why when he was crucified, they left him so soon. And some of them weren't even there, according to what we read. So he uses psychological warfare. And if I can, <coughs> excuse me, say something that Adolf Hitler used back in, world, in, in the World War in World War II, where he was fighting, he made something, he made a statement like this when he was uh, fighting this one country. He said, this is what I want you to do. It's not good enough to go and kill people in the family. I want you to go and almost kill them, not quite tear their arms off, pull their eyes out, but let them live. Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.